Hello, and welcome to Hell Ain't Complicated, a supernatural fan cast. And this one's actually going to be pleasant because I actually like these episodes. Uh, I'm Claire, is, and with me is my friend Jack. Who learned everything from the pizza man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we finally got it working. Thank god. We had some major online troubles to getting here. Oh boy. All my fault, and that's totally okay. Uh, the internet is a finicky beast. It is nobody's fault but the government's. There's a little bit of supernatural news, nothing really, you know, spectacular or whatever. Um, Chad Lindbergh and Samantha Ferris, Ash and Ellen, uh, from the Roadhouse, are tweeting live updates from the Roadhouse, and February 10th is gonna be some kind of big event, which I'm kind of excited to see. I hope it's something interesting. Um, complete series Blu-ray sets coming out May 25th. Let's lo- lots of bonus extras, like con panels, deleted scenes. There was this one thing called, like, Winchester Mythology Midwestern Heroes, and that, I kind of want to see whatever the heck that is. Some fandom projects are starting up, like the Team Free Will Big Bang 2021, and something called Their Love Was Real Supernatural Fandom Challenge. And that's most of it. Jensen Ockles is still living in the mount- mountains blissfully ignorant of everything i mean can you blame him though i mean honestly (laughs) just truly truly wish i was just living in the mountains (laughs) i think we all do yeah (laughs) god good for him just (laughs) poor misha has to bear like the fucking brunt of like hey why didn't you guys what the fuck was that finale i mean to be fair that's pretty much what castiel does anyway that's true my sweet boy um, so to- today's episode, we're doing uh, season one, episodes 16, 17, and 18, which is Shadow, Hell House, and Something Wicked, which are some pretty good episodes. Episode 16, Shadow, uh, aired February 28th, 2006, written by Eric Kripke, directed by Kim Manners. In Chicago, a waitress named Meredith McDonald, I don't think they ever say her name, is pursued by a shadow in an alley, and once locked at home, she is slashed and her heart is stolen. Dean and Sam moved to Chicago to investigate two similar murder cases, and while in the bar where Meredith worked, Sam meets Meg. Sam does not believe in serendipity, and follows Meg to an old warehouse where she worships a demonic god. Meanwhile, Dean leaves a message to his father asking for help to fight against the Shadow Fiend. When John Winchester meets his sons, they realize that they have been ambushed by evil forces, and all the synopses are by Claudio Carvajalo on IMDb. Bless them. This was an episode. It was this episode was kind of boring for like the first half hour, and then it got really good. It's it's weird because I'm gonna be honest. After watching mm. 15 seasons, I completely forgot Meg existed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I kind of did too until rewatching. I was like, God, the act, this actress, the first actress for Meg is so fucking good. I love her. She's incredible. Her acting was better than most of the acting in the show up to that point. Yeah. I did a little bit of digging when, like, in the episode she first showed up. And I don't think she's really doing acting anymore, which is a shame. I think she works in music now. I think she's on Spotify. I might link uh, to that. But, God, she's a really fucking good actor. I wish she'd... Oh, my God. I really wish this Meg had stayed around. Like, the other Meg is all right, but I don't think anyone's really crazy about her. Yeah. And then, I guess we can talk about your absolute favorite father figure. <laughs> well, okay, so there's a couple things that happened to this episode. 
So the boys, they go to, to this Meredith girl's house. They actually have a good cover for once. They're like, oh, we're with the alarm company and we're going to look around, see if there's anything so we can do better next time. And they have like fitted coveralls that just like perfectly form to their bodies. And there were some blood splotches on the ground. And they were just kind of looking at Dean's like looking at it, moving his head. He's like, quick, hand me some tape. And he does. And then he starts taping the blood spatters together. And then he stands up and admires his handiwork. And he's like, I've never seen this symbol before. Sammy, have you seen it? And Sam's like, no, I haven't. And it's like a circle with two arms coming off. I don't know how the fuck he got that symbol. <laughs> he didn't even get all the blood spatters. He's just reaching. Like, it just happens to be right. Yeah, he really is. Like, he missed, like, there were several splatters that are just, like, two feet away. And he's like, oh, those don't count. Those don't count. Don't worry about it. I have no idea. Like, just looking at it makes no sense. Yeah, and also that symbol never comes up. It comes up later because Meg has it painted on the altar, but, like, that's it. It's also on a card when Sam, like, finally crawls out of the elevator shaft. (laughs) When he parkours up an elevator shaft. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There is a, a card set down that has a person with that symbol on it. But other than that, those three times in this one episode and that's it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really a clue to anything. They kind of, I mean, just meeting Meg was the major clue. And that was about it. I don't know what the whole point of it was other than, Oh, it's spooky. That's fun. Also the monster. Why would the monster have made the symbol anyway? Did it just happen to make that symbol sort of, or, because a monster just ripped through a girl's chest, for, like, from her back. I don't think that's how blood spatters work. My guess is it's actually another breadcrumb left by mm. Meg. You know, to, to make sure they know that this isn't just some, you know, killer. Meg had, had had it placed there. That's true. I do like the idea that it just, because it's an evil entity, it just naturally does evil things. Yeah, like, so if the chest burster from Aliens left, like, a, an alien symbol on the ground when it burst out of your chest, like, it it don't make, doesn't make sense. Yeah, just really wants to stay on brand. Yeah. Yeah, Meg was really the star of this episode. Just, she was, like, truly the original Sam girl. <laughs> she, like, they meet her in a bar and Sam's like, oh, Meg, it's so good to see you. And she's like, oh, hey. And Dina's like, uh-huh. And she's like, do you mind Cover your fucking mouth, like a fucking 2020 mood. And Sam is like, oh, no, this is my brother, Dean. And she's like, oh, cool. Hey, stop treating your brother like luggage. What the fuck is wrong with him? She just starts digging into him. Oh, my God. It was really... And also, she kind of deserved it because he was being really fucking annoying this episode. Just every thought in Dean's brain was just women hot, women sexy. It's like they have a quota. Especially at the beginning, it was like, we have to show how heteronormative this character is, so make him hit yeah. on every every single woman there. Yeah. Oh my god. I oh, he, <laughs> I forgot when people used to be like, call women chicks. I feel like I never hear it anymore. Thank god. It was, oh my god. That's a hot chick. Ooh, look at that sex. Oh my god. I hate it. Ugh. Disgusting. And he just will not stop. That is so 2005. He just refers to every woman as a chick. The conversation that he's having with the bartender is, like, the weirdest conversation I think I've ever heard. 
or something about her being a gymnast, and I'm just like, this is weird. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dean was very wondo in this episode. Thank God. Thank God we also had something wicked in this batch of episodes. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be like, why am I a Dean girl? I forgot. <laughs> but also, Sam camps outside Meg's apartment to, like, keep an eye on her, and she, like, is changing with her bra like in front of an open window it's like bud why but dina's also like oh you're gonna go stalk this girl you knew for two seconds kind of creepy anyway go have fun i get like both of them stop stop it's not hard i mean at least they sort of call out creepy sam in the episode with the lady that shakes her head at him but other than that like it literally just goes on like that yeah they just don't really do anything about it. And they don't really, t- like, it's because, like, they turn out to be right later. Oh, my God. It's so dumb. Yeah, so Sam follows her to an empty warehouse where she has, like, an altar and shit. He fucking <laughs> parkours up an elevator shaft. Incredible. So talented. And, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just thinking about Meg's fucking yellow jacket. I love that jacket so much. I missed it. <laughs> it's so iconic. I was kind of like thinking like, I wonder why they made it yellow instead of red. And I was like, oh, it's yellow for the yellow eyed demon. Yeah. I wonder if that was, I mean, I don't trust Supernatural to be that smart on purpose, but maybe. I mean, see, it's hard because, you know, when I agreed to do this podcast and watch the episodes at first, I was literally like skimming episodes (laughs) to be like, there's got to be something here. And... I I will give the prop people credit. The newspaper's like an actual full article. Like I I paused it and like started to read it and realized it was it was an actual article about uh, the death of the bartender. Um, But then there's little things like when Sam comes through the door to enter the bar, there's a notice on there. I was like, oh, you know, there's got to be something on that that notice, and I like pause and read the notice and it's literally a notice uh for the bar to be closed for filming on this date and i'm like wait a second oh my god (laughs) (laughs) to me that's the show in a nutshell really is Mm -hmm. like there are so many mess ups and some something so big like leaving in a notice that you're filming the episode that you're currently doing but then there's there's really cool stuff like the fact that the newspaper is a full article. Oh, lore. I feel like there's there's probably a couple different set designers who work for Supernatural and I feel like only one of them actually gives a shit and the other two are like let's just make everything scary as hell. Cause some some sets are really good. Like they, we're starting to see like the um, themed motel rooms that are super fun <laughs> and really good. Like uh, in one of the episodes, there's an old west motel with like a fully taxidermied armadillo, which was great. Yeah. Then there's like this where they're just like, let's fucking throw a bunch of like Meg's altar. Didn't really stop to take a look at it, but it was it was so not. Hmm, utilitarian i guess it was very decorative whereas like you think you know she's just in this town just to get the winchesters you think she just fuck it not there's like a glass goblet with like a heart in it and shit and it was like meg would not be doing going this far for the aesthetics i don't think the jacket yes everything else absolutely not that's not her style i mean i really think a lot of it 
like the show itself were was just for the Winchesters. Like, like the altar is literally just to get them on board with this. This has to be only this demon. Blah 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 blah. And then it it's in purpose of the trap at the end. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so they're trying to set up a trap to get John Winchester, which doesn't work, kind of. He does- oh my god. The Winchesters defeat Meg, they- (laughs) Sam flips out over the altar, the Davas throw Meg out the window, which- One slight credit to Supernatural, they do remember that she is a human person who got thrown out a window, and she tears into them later for that, thank god. And then they go back to their apartment, motel room, I don't know what it was- and John Winchester is fucking there. And he's like, hey, kiddos, did you miss me? It's like, John, John Winchester has such, he really thinks he's the main character in Supernatural. Like, he's looking at them like, yeah, it's me. It's your old pop. I know you missed me, but I'm on a, a mysterious quest. And I'm just here to tell you I love you before I go on with it and possibly die. And ugh, I hate him so much. And then he fucking turns to Sam and he's like, we sure had a fight last time we saw each other, right? And he's, oh, hold on, my parents are here. Okay, where were we now? Okay, so John Winchester shows up, he sees the boys, and he's like, it's good to see you. And they t- he talks to Sam, and he's like, oh, we sure had a fight, didn't we? And Sam's like, yeah, we sure did. And then they hug, and that's it. And I, I mean, that's, you know, that's his parenting style, which is non-existent. Yeah, just, oh my god. He doesn't apologize for anything you fucking said, and he definitely isn't going to later on. Like, yeah, he just refuses to acknowledge that Sam is right to want a normal life. Just, uh, just as an aside, I'm, I'm gonna say that I do not hate John Winchester as much as you do. <laughs> Fair. I see why you hate him as much as you do, but I think there might be some animosity between him and Sam because of Sam wanting a normal life and that normal life being ripped from John. Because mm. John John wanted a normal life and then what happens to Mary happens and he can no longer have that normal life he feels like and so to see Sam try and leave from what he got ripped into, I think that makes sense to me at least. I think that's a really good point. I mean, the thing is that John didn't have to, but he did anyway. And Sam is kind of saying, no, you could have stopped anytime and we could have just had a normal life anytime. And John's like, you can't just say that, though. See, and that's the thing. That's why I 100% understand with you just like, he's a bastard. (laughs) I hate him because like, I get it. Like I appreciate that he is a bastard. And I think even he gets that, but at the same time, I'm trying to give him at least a little bit of, of leeway with the whole, like having a normal life and then being ripped from it. Yeah, that's fair. Someone has to try and sympathize with John on this podcast. I sure won't. So, yeah, the brothers, they meet their dad. Their dad is like, oh, it's good to see you. And then they get attacked. And Dean says that their dad has to leave them again because they become a bigger target or whatever. Dean basically said, dad's stronger without us. And Sam is like, what? No, what the fuck? Come on, we've been trying to find him for months now. This is bullshit. And then Jeffrey Dean Morgan's like, you can't afford me for another episode. So I gotta go, sorry. Yeah, I. and the thing is, is like, 
what happens in the motel room or the hotel room or whatever it was sort of proves them wrong because like yeah dean and uh john are both blunt instruments more dean unfortunately at least in this episode than john but then Mm. then they literally get saved by how smart sam is oh their shadow their shadow demons let's pop a flare so that they can't actually be shadow demons and like yeah that that sort of shows how like Sometimes you need that blunt instrument, Dean, and sometimes you need the smart-thinking Sam to get you out of a situation, and instead they're like, oh no, we better split up. Yeah, it truly just makes more sense for them to be all together. Plus, John has already kind of said, like, they're all in danger. Things are trying to find each of them. Why not just work together? And yeah, you're a bigger target that way, but... You're also definitely stronger together. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, dad's stronger without us. What? No. What? How does that make any sense? Okay. Whatever. Whatever, you guys. I think they just couldn't afford Jeffrey Dean Morgan for another episode. Probably. He was working on his uh, Walking Dead. I mean, I know that's way way before Walking Dead. I was just... (laughs) I'm, and I won't be surprised if this doesn't make it into the final cut, but one of my favorite little little Easter egg crossover things has to do with John Winchester. In a later season, Dean walks in with a baseball bat, and he calls it like a ghoul killer, and he can see why his dad always loved this thing, and it's like obviously Lucille from The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. For some reason, I love that little nod to The Walking Dead. It's just like so perfect. Oh, that's really good. When does that happen? I assume a later season. Uh, yeah, like, they're within the bunker, so yeah, a, a later season. <laughs> that's really cool, though. <laughs> Speaking of trivia, uh, oh, there's only one that was remotely interesting for this. The rest were very boring. Um, this is the first mention of the idea that a demon can be killed in the series, something that is later proven to be possible and is done much more often than an exorcism. <laughs> I love when the trivia is just a little bit petty. Yeah. Like John in the episode. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, ready to go to the next episode? Sure. Yes. Oh, this one's so good. Uh, Episode 17, Hell House. uh, March 30th, 2006. Written by Trey Calloway and Rael Tucker. Directed by Chris Long. When Sam reads about a haunted house in Richardson, Texas... On a website, he convinces the reluctant Dean to drive to the place. They investigate the controversial witnesses of the spirit of Mordecai Murdoch, a man who hanged his six daughters and himself in the cellar of his farm in the Great Depression, but they do not find any evidence of truth in that story. Later, they disclose that it was a prank of two teenagers, but the legend of the fiend became real due to the belief of the readers on the site, because he was a tulpa. It, oh god this episode is so good and tulpas are so interesting i got i went into a little bit of a um uh a deep dive on tulpas because i wanted to like figure out where it came from and it's kind of murky it sort of is from buddhist belief of like creating a thought form for buddhists would use to like enter the heavenly realm something like that i definitely I, that's just what i found on wikipedia but tulpas are Quite literally, just like a translation of that. Like, they are, it's not specifically that. Tulpas are very much American, saw that, and sort of made their own version. So it's not, it's kind of, sort of cultural appropriation. It's 
complicated. But I'm not going to talk about that because I have to go to the trivia really quick and say that I found this tidbit about tulpas on Wikipedia that, oh my god, that tulpas gained popularity when adult fans of My Little Pony created forms of tulpas for characters of the My Little Pony scene. People try to make tulpas of Twilight Sparkle. Le- legitimately, I read that and I was like, I'm not saying this in this episode. Like, I'm not, <laughs> oh, I'm just... I couldn't wait to say it. <laughs> so bizarre. God, My Little Pony people are just... Oh, boy. Yeah. Um... But yeah, this is the first episode with, they're not called the Ghost Facers yet, but it's with Harry and Ed. So it was a nice, funny episode. Absolutely delightful. There's this really good part where they're, Dean and Sam are talking to some of the teenagers that were in the house at the beginning. And there's like a really good editing bit where each person is telling their version of the story, but there's clearly differences. Like the girl's hair color changes and the color of the wall changes like someone said it's blood someone said it was all black etc and it was just a really nice bit of editing which well actually these seasons of supernatural have some pretty good editing this was someone was just flexing for this part though yeah i'd say that of the three episodes this one was my favorite oh yeah the the editing is great uh unfortunately like i rewatched it on netflix and there are some big music differences oh yeah we've yep we've noticed that it sucks and it particularly sucks in this episode because it turns out when i was like when i was like looking into it that the music the two pieces of music that play during the episode before that symbol is revealed are clues to what that symbol actually is like the music itself Oh, the Blue Oyster Cult? Yes. Both of the pieces of music are done by the Blue Oyster Cult, so that if you actually know who the Blue Oyster Cult is, when you see that symbol, you go, oh, wait a second, that's the symbol for the Blue Oyster Cult. So if you actually like know your music, it gives you a little clue beforehand. But if you don't, it's just another random symbol that they show you. Yeah, that's such a shame. Yeah, huh. but they couldn't they couldn't get the rights to Blue Oyster Cult for the next Netflix release, so they just had some random generic rock music in there. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we've had that problem multiple times and the music is so bad <laughs> every single time. It's just absolutely terrible. Oh my god. Like I've mentioned the Don't Fear the Reaper did not show up in the Netflix version. That is such a shame. It really like kind of ruins Supernatural because, you know, Supernatural is known for its rock music, and then they can't play any famous rock music. Yeah. So they have to use all these knockoffs. It's really unfortunate. Like, yeah. the, min- the minute I read that, and I was like, that is so cool to have like this music build up to the big reveal. And then, oh wait, nope, you don't get that if you're watching it on Netflix. Yeah. I don't really know if any streaming services that have Supernatural can do that. I don't know if Maybe Amazon can do it, but that's debatable. I don't know. And most of them just don't want to pay for that. Yeah, it's something like that. They probably had to pay money to like show like the Kansas <laughs> record on screen. Uh, that and like the album for Blue Oyster Cult. So they had to pay Blue Oyster Cult to show their symbol, but they didn't pay to pay to do the music. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Wild. 
But yeah, so yeah, this is the first time you meet Ed and Harry. Delightful. They are so fun. Yeah, I just found it kind of... you. Yeah, you don't listen to the Magnus Archives, do you? God, can I go one episode without talking about Magnus Archives? I mean, seeing as I have no idea what you're talking about, you could go ahead and try. But... <laughs> it's a really, really good horror podcast that I'm obsessed with. It's like my favorite horror thing of all time. But I have a good reason to bring it up. Because in this episode and in the Magnus Archives, there is there are characters who are kind of commercial amateur ghost hunters. And in both cases, they're like really treated with disdain. Like in the Magnus Archives, the main character just at that point does not believe that ghosts are real and all that stuff. Little does he know. And in this one, I just found it so interesting that they're clearly comedy relief. They're clearly like jokes. Like they're goofy stoner nerds and the brothers just like kind of treat them like idiots but they're doing the same fucking thing. They both have EMF detectors. They're both ghost hunters. And like the only thing I could really think of was like, the only reason Sam and Dean are looking down on them is because they're ghost hunters, but with guns. So they're not like these, these lanky little nerds. They're six foot buff guys with guns to shoot ghosts. Like, oh my God. I mean, it's also like, they don't know their material as well. Like, they make it a point for Sam and Dean to be like, the EMF meter doesn't work because of the telephone pole outside. And, like, then they go in and the not-yet-ghost-facers make fun of them for not knowing what EMF is. They're like, okay, let's take them down a peg. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. To be fair, though, like, they treat them badly at the beginning, but... Like, sort of the ghost facers. Like, they treat Sam and Dean with disdain. And it's not until Sam and Dean realize that they're the reasons, really, that they're having to deal with this, that they go full on, like, let's destroy these two nerds. That's, yeah, I guess that's, that is true. And they also get them arrested by the police. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> also, <laughs> quick trivia. Ed and Harry, their names are Ed Zedmore and Harry Spangler, which are uh, references to the the name Winston Zedward Ag- Egon? I don't know how to say that. Egon Spangler from Ghostbusters. <laughs> There's a lot of Ghostbusters references in these characters. Yeah, so they do this house. They figure out it's a tulpa. Also, Sam and Dean are just pranking each other the entire time. <laughs> Jared Paddock, he has a really bad fake laugh. <laughs> I don't feel bad saying that. <laughs> it's just really forced. <laughs> They eventually, they figure out that it was this kid, the kid at the uh, record shop who, with his cousin, just turned this place into a haunted house, like, on purpose. Like, they nailed (laughs) chicken feet to a doorway and, like, did all the creepy stuff themselves. And I just, like, texted my friends, like, guys, the minute we're vaccinated, we're fucking doing this. Let's make some tulpas. I want to do this so bad. I mean, it didn't work for the My Little Pony people. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it'd be easier to make a haunted house than a fucking pastel pony come to life. I mean, if you really want to make it a scary house, why don't you make the killer a pastel pony? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so, brothers defeat it. 
they steal. <laughs> Bo was watching the episodes and texted me like they just stole a whole ass wall decoration from a restaurant. I don't know how they did it too. Well, I guess they kind of know how to steal things, but whatever. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about with this episode? It's a very good episode. Yeah, that, that's my problem. I really wish I had more to say about this episode, but it was really just so much fun to just watch. I didn't find myself critiquing it as much as the other two episodes. Exactly. Like, yeah, most of mine was just like, man, Tumbles are so interesting, and I do like it as a monster, and I wish that... I wonder if... I don't know if they've used it as a monster before, or like after, I mean. So I know there's episodes where they mention like, this might just be a tulpa. It turns out not to be a tulpa. But other than that, I'm not sure if there is another instance. Yeah, Sam does say at one point, like, um, it makes you wonder how many monsters we face that are tulpas. But I think you can only make a tulpa if there's a certain sigil involved. So that kind of pokes a hole in that philosophical question. Yes. So trivia, there's actually a good amount of trivia for this episode. Uh, I said the first one, the Ghostbusters. Um, to meet the demands of numerous fans to see the lead actors with less clothes on, a shirtless scene for Jared Padalecki was deliberately written into the episode. On D- IMDb, one of the plot keywords for this episode was man wrapped in a towel. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, in the record store, Dean pulls a Kansas record out of the stack. The show has not used Carry On Wayward Son, and the album shown is Point of No Return, which doesn't have that song. Uh, but it is a glimpse into the show's future musical journey. I wonder if they knew by now that that was going to be their song. Hmm. I don't think so. Um, the website in this episode, Hellhound's Lair, was an actual tie-in website created by the producers of the show. On it were the pictures from the character's ghost encounter and stories submitted by fans related to urban legends. The URL to the uh, website now redirects to the CW website, but there is a web archive that I will link in the show notes to like go see the original website. As much as you really can. And the last one, this one's, this one's really obvious. It's kind of hard not to miss this. But at 34 minutes in, around 50 seconds, you can clearly see a cameraman in the shot is like shoulder. So unfortunate. I will yeah. say I, I really enjoy when showrunners and producers and stuff like that take that extra step to do something like create a website. Supernatural the beginning had kind of a lot of these like we called a phone number John Winchester's phone number a couple weeks ago <laughs> led to nothing but we tried oh, um, there was this website there was a bunch of hunters blogs on one of the DVDs I believe yeah they kind of did a lot of this stuff see I, I really think that's cool I think it's even better when you do it with like fans of the show which, I mean, I guess they did, because they asked people to write down urban legends for the, the website. Yeah, it is very cool. And yeah, Supernatural has a very famous relationship with their fandom that would just get stronger over time, for better and worse. Mostly for worse. It's interesting, because it's definitely like the whole reward like idea. It's like they definitely beat, beat down their own, own fans. Yeah, majorly. And then give them little treats, but it's always, like, sporadically throughout the seasons. So you never know when you're going to get a treat. And they found that's the best way to keep people engaged. Like, 
in anything. So I don't know if it's on purpose or not for Supernatural, but that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, they always like find a way to backhand the fandom. Once I give them a little treat, they kind of either take it back or just, oh shit. Okay, yeah. my computer was falling asleep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm gonna fucking say it, but the fucking Castiel confession, literally, he says it, he dies, and they're like, oh, what? Wh- isn't that enough? Aren't you guys happy with that? And it's like, no, you assholes. What are you talking about? You fucking do that and then kill your character. And that's the last we see of the character that pretty much kept the show alive way longer than it should have. Excuse me? And see, that, and that's the thing. Like, I definitely, at some point in time, want to talk to you about all the missed opportunities and just, like, little itty-bitty bits of, like, positivity they give to you, the audience, and the characters, and then just take them away. Every single time. Like, when I was still watching, like, those season seven, season eight, season nine, they give you a Get, they give you that cool cliffhanger, and then they do fucking nothing with it. They resolve it in the first episode. Like, what a bunch of fucking hacks. <laughs> um, episode 18, Something Wicked. April 6, 2006, uh, written by Eric Kripke and Daniel Knopf. Directed by Whitney Rancic. John Winchester sends the coordinates of Fitchburg, Wisconsin to Dean and Sam, where children are mysteriously getting sick and their bodies running out. They lodge in a motel, and after their investigation, they investigation they realize that a striga, an Albanian witch that feeds on the life force of children, is attacking the local children. Further, the striga is only vulnerable while feeding. When the young brother of Michael, the son of the owner that, of the motel, is attacked, Dean convinces him to be the bait to kill the striga. This is the Dean episode. This is... <laughs> This is the Dean Winchester that lives in the fandom's collective mind. This is the Dean Winchester we believe in and we want to be real so bad. He doesn't make any gross jokes about women. He gets a microaggression. He's just like trying to right all his wrongs even when he was never in the wrong in the first place. It's just fucking John Winchester trauma. This is the Dean Winchester. (laughs) I love this episode. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting, and a lot of fun. Fun in quotes, because the episode itself is not fun, but, like, actually digging into the character and the, like, character development purposefully put into this episode was was fun to watch. Like, this is kind of the inverse of um, the first episode we talked about, if you really think about it, because that one's, like, Sam is going through um, some stuff that he's trying to figure things out, and Dean is the one being a smartass and just making jokes all the time. And in this one, it's kind of reversed. Sam is kind of joking with Dean and Dean's just having PTSD flashbacks constantly. <laughs> it really just has, just has everything. <laughs> like you see why D- like John literally says to him, like shoot first, ask questions later. He fucking places Sam's entire life on the hands of this little kid. Just everything. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. We're going to get into John Winchester, but I have some notes I really want to just get out of the way before I forget about them. Uh, there was a product placement for MasterCard where D- <laughs> they're paying for the motel and Dean is like, do you take MasterCard? And Lady's like, uh-huh. <laughs> There's a shot of MasterCard and it's <laughs> from Dean Winchester, who is a character who regularly commits credit card fraud. Why did they have 
<laughs> Why did they have MasterCard pay for an advertisement from the guy who's conning everybody? I don't understand it. No idea. I mean, they'll still be making money regardless of whether or not it's somebody who stole the card. So... Like, I guess there's not really that much product placement you can really do with Supernatural. <laughs> like, gonna have fucking have a Bluetooth in the Impala. Granted, I'm sure they do, but it's just so, it's just so funny. So there is, there is another um, inadvertent product placement within this episode that, again, as I meant, well, it's not on purpose. So right outside the playground, there is a store called the Lucky Looney Dollar Store. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so I looked it up, and it's a dollar store throughout Canada, because, you know, they film in Canada. So, like, there is this obvious Canadian dollar store behind a... uh, Oh, my God. In a place that, you know, it's supposed to be... Was it Pittsburgh? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, (laughs) yeah. That's a really good eye. Oh my god, I would not have noticed that. Also, they spell Pittsburgh in two different ways. In the same scene. Yeah. Which I was like, I've watched this episode before and I've never noticed it. But the minute I hit pause, I was like, there's a U, there's an E. Why? What? How is this in the same friggin' scene? Yeah, I didn't see that, but I did read that in the uh, notes. Yeah, so basically, I mean, <laughs> if you're a D-girl, you've definitely seen this episode a hundred times. But basically, there is the monster is like sucking up the life forces of different children. So the boys kind of catch on to that when they see a playground that only has one child actually playing. And they go to a house of a sick child and they see like this burnt imprint in the windowsill from the Striga. And Dean has another PTSD flashback. He has a lot of them. Where it's just like him and Sam. Like, John just went went on a hunt for the Striga and just left Dean in charge of Sam in this fucking motel room when they were goddamn kids. Dean is like seven, eight, or nine, somewhere around there. I keep forgetting what age he was. And he's just gone all day and possibly a few days. And... Dean is making some SpaghettiOs for Sam. And Sam's like, I don't want SpaghettiOs. I want Lucky Charms. And Dean's like, there's only enough Lucky Charms for one person and I haven't eaten anything. And he still gives Lucky Charms to Sam anyway. Granted, he could have eaten the SpaghettiOs. I don't know why he didn't. But it's still like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Troubling. John Winchester didn't get his kids enough money for fucking food, apparently, because he's a bastard. Uh, Sorry. Like, I, I don't want to do this, but the, the actual lines are, there aren't enough Lucky Charms. Like, I haven't had any Lucky Charms. It's not that they don't have food at all in the place. It's that Sam has literally eaten all of the Lucky Charms. There's enough for one bowl, and Dean wants that bowl and doesn't get it. That's true. But I would say, if John Winchester died on the hunt, what the fuck were the boys supposed to do? Like, stuck in this motel room with as much food as they have. Just kind of any way you look at it, John is just a bad dad in this episode, in my opinion. In John's mind, uh, he if he died on this hunt, he'd probably expect them to give him a hunter's funeral. Even though he doesn't know what that is yet. Oh my god, absolutely. Okay, so there's a 
popular fandom. We kind of talked about this when we read the John Winchester journal, but there's a popular fandom uh, theory that John used his kids as bait for the Striga, which is in this episode, you could kind of see it either way, especially since, you know, Dean might not be a uh, reliable narrator, but there's some, yeah, there's some ways because John literally, Dean is like trying and about to shoot the Striga and John just busts into the room and he's like, move. And he kills a, a monster without hesitation, really. Like it's, you could kind of argue that maybe he knew that the monster was in there. Yeah, see, my, and this would be my own theory, it would be tied in with that, though, is that maybe this was him trying to give Dean his first monster kill. That's why he's so upset that, you know, Dean left, is that he literally put Sam and Dean there so that Sam would get attacked and Dean would have to kill the monster just to push his sons further into hunting. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. Of course he would do that. And in John Winchester's journal, he also leaves room for you to kind of interpret it as he will. Like, he, he literally kind of says, like, ah, oh, Dean couldn't do it because he's weak. And I'm ashamed of him. <laughs> he's fucking seven. <laughs> he's a fucking child. Oh, he's so disgusting. I, I mean, come on. Like, as a seven-year-old, you can, you can shoot a, a humanoid, right? Like... Yeah, especially one that's attacking your brother and your brother is, like, only a foot away from it. Yeah, you could do that. With a shotgun? Don't shotguns, like, kind of do more bursts? I don't know anything about guns. (laughs) Yeah, so it would depend on what kind of shell he has in there. But, yeah, most of them are, like, buckshot that has little pellets that that fly around. Yeah, I don't think they have salt rounds yet, which is, I mean, Mm. which is bullshit. Hunters absolutely made salt rounds by this time. I do not believe that at all. That literally in an episode they say that Dean and John invented salt rounds. It's stupid as fuck. Yeah, especially with you know everything that you know that happens later on. Yeah, the men of letters and Mary being being a hunter. Like, yeah, there's absolutely no way John and Dean created salt rounds. I yeah, John. John just doesn't like other hunters at all in the slightest. He hangs out with them as little as he possibly can. He gets pretty much no tips. He just truly is just learning it all by himself. It's very stupid. He's a very stupid man. Yeah. There's also the uh, the line, it only takes one mistake, which he gives to Dean. And I was like, if they literally just followed that one little piece of advice, they would would have saved themselves so many times. Sam's all about prepping, so I'm not going to put this on Sam, but like the amount of time Dean just like runs in there without any sort of preparation, like no wonder yeah. he's died so many times. Uh, he fully gets it from John. So they yeah, they meet the son of the motel. Uh, owner and his brother is sick so they convince this kid to be bait for the fucking streak <laughs> oh my god D- yeah and dean is like you're an older brother right the kid's like yeah and he's like you'd do anything for your younger brother right and the kid's like sh- yeah i guess and dean's like god just dean dean will just literally just see any child and be like i'm going to project onto you 
you are me now. We are one. Like, the Winchesters have this goddamn problem with whenever they hang out with kids, especially boys, they will just make younger versions of themselves, essentially. <laughs> like, in this one, Deed is traumatizing this kid to, like, use him to hunt a fucking monster. Like, he's not paying for that fucking therapy. And in Home... Uh, it was either Dean or Sam who handed, like, a younger sibling to an older sibling. It was like, run, get out of the house, which was their own house and was literally a mirror of what happened in the in the very beginning where John hands Dean Sam and gives Dean that fucking drama. And it's kind of, like, framed as, like, I don't know, a good thing? A neutral thing? It's very strange that the brothers literally keep putting kids what they went through and just... Being like, I'm proud of you for doing that. That was good for you. You are a good sibling now. Like, you guys are famous for being so fucking codependent. This is not good. Why are you doing this? You know, they gotta they gotta grow up and become their father. Put children in danger to kill a witch. Oh my god, and it's... Oh god. I was gonna say, it's a good thing none of them ever became parents, but then Sam. Ugh. <laughs> and then Sam names his child Dean. Like, truly the cycle. Yeah. Oh, the cycle never ends. <laughs> the cycle of stupidity is never complete. Another just, like, weird little thing that I noticed. When Sam is going through all of the newspapers at the library, there's the big reveal of the doctor or whatever. The doctor with the great hair? Yeah, the doctor with the great hair who happens to be... Our main antagonist. Yeah, the Striga. It Sam says that the newspaper is from Black River Falls. If you actually look at the header for the newspaper, unfortunately, it still says that it is from the town that they're in, Fitzburg. <laughs> oh my god. So, the Striga is an interesting thing. Yeah. The thing I was mentioning earlier about mm. the, the name of the episode is both from Macbeth, but it's also a Ray Bradbury book about a, ma a magician that eats souls. Whoa! Huh. So I thought it was really cool that it's sort of a nod to two different things. That is really cool. And then the Striga itself and like... The lore behind this Riga, I found particularly funny because yeah. one of the ways to catch it was garlic bread. I was like, <laughs> this is great. This is the best way I've ever heard of catching a monster. Basically, you'd, <laughs> in, you'd invite the whole town to your church and then... You'd pass around garlic bread because the Striga couldn't eat garlic, and whoever didn't eat the garlic bread was the Striga. I was like, they should have done this in the episode. God, yeah. God I'd probably still be a practicing Catholic if we had garlic bread every Sunday. Uh, anything else really to say about this episode? I think it's a good one. I had fun. Yeah, it's yeah, very it, emotional. It was definitely, as much as it's like, peak positive dean it's also peak negative dean which i really yeah. appreciate like he definitely has you know this paternal maternal instinct like wants to take care of sam but also he's like so quick to just th throw a child into the most dangerous position he possibly yeah. can <laughs> 
there's this person that's sucking the souls out of children. How would you like it if you had your soul sucked out? Does that sound like a good thing? I'm just like, um, okay, Dean, don't do this. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah, he's a real moral, gl- moral gray character in this one for sure. Yeah. And then towards, oh my god, they're towards the end, they finally kill the Striga, and they do that fucking, I don't know if it's like an anime, well, an anime dub thing, where he's like, you okay, little brother? Like, nobody, just say Sammy, just say Sammy. That's so clunky. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it's the whole, Sammy, thing has really gotten star- started yet, so like. Yeah, it's just, like, truly anything would have been better. It's so bizarre when people do that. Yeah. Do you want it to eviscerate John anymore? Like Uh, more than ever. <laughs> I mean, this was his hunt and he fucked it up and then he's like, Dean, you have to go do this because this is your job to finish. Like, John, fuck off. You're supposed to be the one to kill the Striga. Shut the fuck up, stupid ugly ugly motherfucker. I mean, if the fan theory is correct though, it was originally like Dean did fuck it up. As a seven-year-old. Yeah, I mean, Dean isn't on the hunt at all. This is, John was hunting the Striga, and it just happened to, I mean, yeah, if you go by the theory, I don't know, just anybody really could it. It was John's job to kill the Striga, and he's mad that Dean couldn't do it, because Dean was a fucking seven-year-old. So then he sends Dean the coordinates and tell him, go fix your mistake. Like, fuck off, John. (laughs) Go get a better haircut, you ugly. I mean, to be, be fair, though, Dean does by doing yeah, exactly does. what his father did. Yeah, by following his dad's orders, as he always does. Oh, boy. <laughs> exhausting. Exhausting. I, oh, my God. I'm so excited for the next recaps, because that is where we're going to see the most of John Winchester. I'm going to have Bo for both of us, and we're just going to be screaming at the top of our lungs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, okay, trivia. Um, Ogdenville, Brockway, and North Haverbrook are names of the towns that Sam mentions as locations where the Striga had per- previously attacked. These are also the names of the three fictional towns in The Simpsons, where Lyle Landley conned the inhabitants into paying him to build a shoddy monorail in the episode Marge uh, versus the Monorail. You know, that famous that monorail, monorail, monorail. That one. Yeah. <laughs> There wasn't really much either. I just kind of wanted to do a little bit of actual Striga lore just because it's such an interesting creature. Uh, the Striga is a Albanian. Well, it's mentioned to be Albanian, but that's incorrect. It's actually from Slavic mythology, especially Polish folklore. Um, it's supposed to be a female demon somewhat similar to a vampire. The undead Strigas were believed to fly at night in the form of an owl and attack nighttime travelers and people had wandered off into the woods at night, sucking out their blood and eating their insides. People with two hearts, two souls, and two sets of teeth, the second one barely visible, were believed to be Strigas. A newborn child was, with already developing teeth was also believed to be one. When a person was identified as a Striga, she was chased away from human settlements. Such Strigas uh, usually died at a young age, but according to belief, only one of their two souls would pass to the afterlife. The other soul was believed to cause the deceased Striga to come back to life and prey upon other living beings. When a person believed the Striga died, decapitating the corpse and burying the head separate from the rest of the body was believed to prevent the Striga from rising from the dead. Burying the body face down with a sickle around its head was believed to work as well. Oh, it's so cool. See, there's all this cool lore. Why didn't they use it? <laughs> I know, right? It drives me nuts because later on, it's just going to be all humans all the time. 
no character, no fun character designs allowed ever. Drives me insane. To be fair, two of the three, like, the streak is really cool and, like, concept's cool, but it's legitimately just a dude in a robe. And then... And the devas are just shadows. Yeah, I mean, I would say they're cooler than just a random guy in a haunted house. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think the devas are kind of just, it's probably like the same costume, but just in shadow. (laughs) Same costume as a striga. Yeah, I mean, but you do get the, like, cool thing of, like, them crawling across the walls and then, like, getting blasted away when Dean lights, or when Sam lights the flare. Yeah, that is cool. You get those little things, but... Yeah, it's very ghost. Very much so. Yeah. Oh my god, I need to watch Ghost again so bad. I keep, I have a friend who I really want to watch Ghost with, and it never works out. Oh, it's <laughs> such a good movie. Alright, do you have an AU of the week? I mean, just an entire game. Like, they could literally be the protagonists of an entire Pokemon game. Half of them have dead parents anyway. Um, (laughs) And then uh, just being able to hang around with ghost Pokemon and, you know, chill with sad Cubone or, you know. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty good. Dean would be Cubone for sure. I think Sam would probably have a lot more ghost Pokemon than Dean. Dean will probably be like fire Pokemon or something. Maybe steel. There's so many different types of Pokemon that would be an interesting fit for them. Or, you know what? What would be really fun is the brothers hunting Pokemon. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so legitimately, Sam and Dean go to face off against the Drift Bloom because the Drift Bloom just carried away a child. Because that's, that's something that Drift Bloom does. That's true. Oh, I love that. That's really good. I re- Oh, my God. Yeah, there's some really fucked up Pokemon. You can definitely see the brothers doing something like that. that I love that. I love that. My AU of the week is I put... I'm a Fleet Fox fan, so I put... Uh, and I've been... Oh, my God. I've been making so many fucking character playlists. I can't stop. I literally cannot stop. I made a Girl Boss Naomi playlist. It's really good. Whatever. And my AU the week is Helplessness Blues by Fleet Foxes, Supernaturally, where Sam and Dean raise a apple orchard and Cass lives next door with an apiary. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? They all just had a great time just chilling out, <laughs> raising a little farm, living <laughs> that lesbian dream. This has been Helly Complicated. Uh, I'm Duplus on Tumblr, Duplus27 on Twitter, Duplus Everywhere. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Nope, I'm Jack and I have nothing. Fair. You can find us at Helling Podcast on Twitter, Helling Complicated on Tumblr and Facebook. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, lastly, Misha Collins, please come on the podcast. When we're both vaccinated, oh my god, please go ghost hunting with me. Let's make some fucking tulpas. Have a good day and carry on, my we were kids. There was one part, <laughs> my own fuck. I need to stop laughing at my own fucking notes because there's this one part where John says to Dean, little like seven-year-old Dean, he's like, most important, watch out for Sammy. And then it cuts to Sam, who's just absolutely zooted out of his mind on Thundercats. 
He's just <laughs> sitting there, blank. Blank as a chalkboard. Yeah. Not a care in the world. I love it. 